The Morning Coffee is a podcast recorded live slash streamed at twitch.tv slash Ryan Kubo every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. All articles used during the show are credited in the show notes below in the description. We hope you enjoy this episode. What's up, everybody? How's it going? Ryan here, back with another episode of The Morning Coffee. Actually, the first one of the year of 2019, which is kind of exciting. Um, I do apologize that it's been a couple of weeks now since the last episode came out. I believe the last episode came out around December 19th or so of last year. Um, you know, holidays and stuff like that. Uh, you're also looking at not a lot of gaming news usually happens over Christmas break, surprisingly. Uh, the reason being is just that, um, you know, most game companies have taken the days off and just for vacation and family time. And a lot of them, um, you know, the first week they come back, which is usually around the second week, first, second week of January doesn't have much news. And so kind of saved it for today to uh, really record an episode. We should start seeing uh, news start ramping up, though, because we do have E3 coming up uh this year even though e3 in itself might be a little bit of a downer uh, we kind of talked about this earlier but there's no uh, sony at e3 this year nintendo usually doesn't go either so it might be a smaller e3 to go to and uh, attend as well but uh fingers crossed that we'll be attending e3 as well so we'll have to see how that is um you know before we really start off just want to thank you guys for all the support and all of the listeners, the YouTube watchers, the people who come by the live stream, I immensely appreciate it. And it's been really cool to see this podcast grow. And so I continue to do this uh, each and every uh, week for you guys. So I really do appreciate it. Um, a couple of other announcements that we have before really getting into it. Uh, we have changed the schedule of the podcast uh, for probably the next like four to five months. Um, or so. Uh, usually the podcast is recorded on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, unfortunately, that's going to have to change due to uh, my uh, work schedule and other personal matters that I need to attend to. So keep that in mind. Uh, the podcast will now be recorded on Tuesdays and Thursdays with a possible episode on Friday or on Saturday, depending on if there's some extra juicy news. This gives me more of a time. This gives me more time to be able to create uh, better episodes, in my opinion, and possibly longer episodes as well with more articles. Uh, whereas before, when it was a Monday, Wednesday, Friday type of thing, what you would really see is that the Monday episode have a lot of content because you had Saturday and Sunday to be able to gather uh, information and gather articles and for people to send me articles and stuff but then when it was a monday wednesday type of or when it was a wednesday and friday type of thing those episodes were kind of lackluster or on the shorter side uh i think reducing it down to two episodes a week gives it a good median uh you guys don't get overloaded with content but at the same time it's still a consistent content and as well as episodes are possibly a little bit longer and can go through and talk about more articles as well so keep that in mind um Upload schedules will be Tuesdays and Thursdays from here on out until I say otherwise. So, uh, yeah, no more Wednesday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesdays and Thursdays for sure, with optionals on Friday and Saturday, depending on uh, events or uh, special, super special announcements as well. So keep that in mind. Uh, as always, remember that we are on uh, multiple platforms uh, streaming this live as well as recording it. We are on Spotify and iTunes for you audio listeners. Don't forget to go there and follow that if you want so you can get uh, an episode 
uh, notification every time it is uploaded. Uh, episodes come out shortly after they are uploaded to uh, uh, YouTube, as well as uh, after they're done recording uh, and live on Twitch. So keep that in mind. It's about a, a two to three hour period. So they usually will come out uh, after the live stream, roughly around two to three hours after, which is not that bad. If you guys ever want to join us, though, live, you can go and follow twitch.tv slash Kubo. We'd love to have you here. And just talk and chill in the chat as well. <coughs> There's also pre and post show that usually happens where we usually just shoot around ideas and talk and all that good stuff as well. So if you guys do want to uh, swing by for that, twitch.tv slash Kubo. Uh, and with that, let me get some coffee and let us talk about the news today. So we have like four or five articles. Uh, well, it looks like we have about seven articles or so to talk about. Uh, some of them being very short. Some of them just being uh, just something things that I kind of found interesting. Uh, over the last week or so. Uh, there's been some exciting news, but unfortunately, I feel like that stuff is a little bit out of date, uh, but it's kind of touched upon in the next uh, articles, hopefully, or so. Um, so, yeah, let's jump right into it. Uh, first up, uh, I thought this was really interesting, but there's a new Dragon Ball uh, game coming out, apparently, and it is called Dragon Ball Heroes World Mission. It's an announcement trailer that came out from uh, Bandai Namco. Being a pretty big Dragon Ball fan and being very nostalgic of the game, I thought this was pretty cool. Uh, it's a combination, though, of a capsule game as well as a card game. So I'm not really sure how this will do, but it kind of is talking about the trends that have happened within uh, the mobile space as well as with the card genre space in general that I've always liked to talk about or whatever. Apparently, it will really release on PC and Switch on April 5th, 2019, and uh, it's described as a tactical role-playing card game with over a thousand cards and 350 characters from the Dragon Ball Z universe. Uh, price has not been yet revealed, but from what we've been assuming, it's going to have some, t it could possibly have some type of microtransactions uh, within it. Um, you know, the reason why I brought up this article is just that um, we tend to see a lot of gaming trends that happen, uh, unfortunately or fortunately, uh, usually what happens. Uh, as we've seen in over the last year, in 2018, all major video game publishers' stock has pretty much dropped by about 40 to 60%. And that usually has to do with a lot of things. The tech industry is down in general. But you're also seeing a lot of uh, publishers getting a lot of backlash for um, not innovating enough as well as just coming out with clones and, um, you know, repeats of other genres, right? So Battle Royales were really popular uh, this past year. We had um, card games still being pretty popular as well this year, so it looks like Bondi is going uh, through with that. Uh, we'll have to see how it goes. The last card game that really came out that people have been hyped for was Artifact, whereas the recording of this video has around 4,000 concurrent players on Steam, which is very bad, especially for a Valve game. But, uh, you know, uh, I was hoping Bondi would probably come out with something new or something a little bit different. Um, and I'm, that's kind of one of my hopes and wishes <coughs> of 2019 is that game companies start innovating a little bit more and also start uh, stop uh, adding uh, microtransactions to everything. Whereas I don't think microtransactions are inherently bad. I do feel that... Uh, the pay-to-win aspect or the pay-for-convenience aspect in a lot of games is rather annoying, especially when you already have to uh, pay to get into the game. 
and I'm not really okay with, uh, you know, companies releasing microtransactions after the fact of reviews going out, even though I'm not one to listen to the IGNs or the game spots or whatever it might be for reviews. Uh, I'm not, I kind of make my own judgment or my own, my own opinion on that type of stuff. It is kind of annoying to see, um, for example, um, you saw this with Call of Duty and you saw this uh, as well with Rockstar with Red Dead Redemption and Call of Duty Black Ops 4, but you saw both uh, gaming studios come out. They had really good reviews, uh, tons of traffic, tons of downloads and pre-orders, and now that the downloads pre-orders are set, people have bought into the game, You're now, and the reviews were out, uh, now you're seeing them add microtransactions to the game. Uh, and it's because that way uh, reviewers really can't complain about microtransactions if the copy that they got didn't have microtransactions unless they really want to go back and talk about those type of dealings and uh, issues with microtransactions, so, which most reviewers would not do and not would not adjust their score. But either way, the reviewers have sent out their articles. It's gotten praise, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so... We'll see what happens in 2019. This is kind of just a foretelling of what's happening. And uh, yeah, I'd rather that that than have to buy a new version of the game every year. That too, though, as well, I think is pretty scummy to do as well. Um, for me, I just don't like microtransactions at all, especially when they're pay to win and pay for convenience. Um, I think my biggest issue is that I've already paid money to get into a game and then on top of that being tempted or lured to buy more stuff that can ultimately affect the gaming experience for me is an issue um that i've had for a long time with just any game uh and you've been seeing it a lot more uh this year and instead of companies backing down from the practice of microtransactions, you see them injecting more uh, microtransactions <coughs> into their games, as well as, um, yeah, as well as trying to get around uh, getting their microtransactions bad publicity. Uh, mostly EA uh, is what I'm talking about as well. But I don't think microtransactions are inherently bad um, because we do live in a new gaming world, unfortunately, where people have to pay for server costs and stuff. You're looking at the average video game not really um, increasing that much in the last 10 year, 10 to 15 years, I want to say, of a $60 price point. So I'm not surprised that microtransactions are injected, but uh, it does feel pretty bad. And there's whole videos explaining about this or whatever. I see it like if they build a game that I love, I'm going to pay small amounts to keep it going. Yeah, it's just that uh, I don't mind paying small amounts either. It just depends on what those small amounts do. Uh, if it gives me an inherent advantage within the game, then I'm not really okay with that. If it gives me a cosmetic I can brag about, like a Path of Exile or an Overwatch uh, or a Heroes of the Storm or um, just a number of games that I can think about, Fortnite, League of Legends, stuff like that, then I'm okay with supporting the game. That's completely fine, because it's completely optional, and the base game is already out there. But if it's a game where I'm forced to buy microtransactions, and I'm mostly looking at EA games right now, uh, then my issue is that um, 
it's literally impossible um, to keep up, and you're pretty much forced to buy, right? Um, I think they were saying that in Battlefront 2, which, by the way, after their whole loot box uh, fiasco, they have brought back their microtransactions. They never went away. They went away for a couple months, and they brought them back. Uh, it's something like 1,000 hours, 500 to 1,000 hours just to unlock uh, a full character, or you can pay you know, 50 to 60 bucks for it. I think that practice is pretty dumb, pretty shady. Uh, we can go on for a while about this topic, though. There's some great videos online um, about the EA loot box and other microtransactional loot boxes as well. But uh, yeah, my hopes for 2019, hopefully, these type of games don't keep sprouting up everywhere. But I am excited for it. We'll probably try it, but uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, next up, this is kind of like a light article, but I thought this was really interesting. Uh, I don't really like Kotaku either, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll give them uh, a little bit for this article, I guess. But um, apparently there is a 30 minute video online of someone recording their grandma uh, who's played Animal Crossing for 4000 hours and they're still playing it on the DS, which I think is the best part. Uh, but yeah, this is uh, the video that's playing on screen right now is an 87 year old grandma who shows her 3500 plus hours of Animal Crossing. Uh, on the Nintendo, it looks like a Nintendo DS, or maybe it's a Nintendo 2DS. It looks like a 3DS. Never mind, I'm stupid. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I thought this was like really, really interesting or whatever. Um, let's see. He's been helping Audrey transfer the data to a new 3DS since her existing one had recently broke. When you realize just how much of an Animal Crossing diehard she was, she had logged 3,508 hours in the game over four years. That's a little over two and a half hours a day uh yeah and then he basically like showed off her whole town or whatever um but uh it's pretty uh pretty legit town if you guys don't know uh animal crossing is coming to the nintendo switch it's one of the most exciting games personally for me that i've been excited for on my console or whatever um but uh uh she pretty much knows all her stuff uh about every villager in the town i think is interesting she has 65 million bells or currency within the game which is the most expensive item in the game is 1.5 million or whatever uh i don't know there's something about animal crossing that has really attracted people to it it's kind of like a harvest moon light or a minecraft light or a stardew valley light where it's just a very simple um just relaxing like chill game that it is meant to be played in just small dosages like every single day and for me i've really enjoyed it uh i've always enjoyed this series um but <coughs> i don't know uh it for me it gets boring after a while but i i've always really enjoyed this series i'm really excited for the new game this is pretty cool to see um just an older generation uh really appreciating a certain game and i think this is also kind of the reason why i'm more okay with mobile gaming than most people uh just because it's stupid to ignore um such a wide market and wide array of uh you know devices that people already are on and uh open up gaming to a potentially new audience whether it be a younger generation or an older generation um but check out the show notes down below if you want to check the whole video uh it's not the best quality it's literally <clears throat> some guy recording his grandma's uh <clears throat> 3ds 
and uh, walking around and showing it around and stuff. And the video is very long. It's about 30 minutes, but it's super interesting from my perspective, uh, how much she's invested and how much she, um, I know it's really cool to see uh, somebody um, really invested into something, uh, especially someone who's not your typical, I guess, what you would see as gamer, uh, really explaining and talking about the game. So hopefully he gets our Nintendo Switch or something, or Nintendo sends one, because Animal Crossing 2019 uh, is going to be pretty cool. And that comes out very, very, very soon. Um, next up, I thought this was a really cool because I really enjoy analytics. Uh, that are uh, about anything. Uh, I don't know why. I just find them fascinating. Uh, flow charts, graph charts, bar charts, uh, all that good stuff. But um, it does look like um, Steam has brought out their review for 2018 and their plans for 2019 or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, their Steam shop did super super well. Is pretty much what they. Uh, is pretty much what they did or whatever and they've distributed and created a lot of data or whatever the the steam stats overview on average based on 2018 is 47 million daily active users 90 million monthly active users uh, 18.5 million concurrent users and new purchasers per month was 1.6 million you got to remember also that um, PUBG came out of early access as well this year uh, in this past year so it's not surprising to see them really uh, really really blow up or whatever um, they also claimed that there was a lot of people from a lot of different countries and the new uh, Steam chat and all that stuff has really like blown uh, blown up or whatever. Um, I think it's good for them to deliver this data and analytics, uh, mostly because you are seeing a ton of developers create their own launchers and launch their own type of stuff. We talked about this before the break uh, last year, but... Um, a lot of developers are going to their own launches so they don't have to, so they can skirt around the 30% processing fee that uh, Steam does take from them. So it is good to see Steam actively growing and actively becoming a uh, you know bigger thing. Um, I think some of the best things that Steam has done is the early access stuff is really good. I do enjoy the fact that you can refund a game if you've played it for less than two hours, uh, which has also been uh, really good as well. Uh, overall, Steam's been treating me pretty well. I've gotten some pretty cool games or whatever. Um, one of the things also, if you guys didn't know, um, that really came out uh, this year, which, uh, welcome guys, we're currently probably streaming on there as well because the podcast does uh, stream on there, is uh, Steam TV is a thing that has happened this year as well that we can't forget about. Um, if you guys didn't know, this is a way for directly within your Steam application, you are able to um, you are able to stream directly to Steam. When people go to your profile, or if they have your direct link, it would be something like whatever your profile name is, steam.tv slash Ryan Kubo, for example, for me, you will be able to watch and see your um, stream broadcast or whatever. And that broadcasts out publicly as well as to a bunch of friends as well. So I'm currently actually on there, to be honest, talking about this um, uh, as well because of what we use to stream to multiple platforms during uh, the podcast viewing and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's a pretty cool little um, feature. Uh, I personally haven't really tried the in-house version, but from what I understand, it's very easy to set up. Once you've launched a game in Steam, you just press a quick button, and it automatically puts you under that game's category, as well as um, 
uh, as well as starts the stream, people who are potentially thinking of buying said game now see a list of live streams within that store's page as well that kind of help promote the game. And this is something that I thought was really cool and uh, really smart. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see something like this within the future or within the next couple months from Amazon. Uh, I really do think that uh, what would be smart is if they start pushing games and selling games through Amazon using this type of method where, for example, you go and you want to buy the new whatever game and down below it, there's, oh, here's some people who are playing the game right now. And these are curated to what you what we believe you would like to watch. And I believe that's why we will see. And maybe I should talk about this or save this for another podcast. But uh, this is why I think the tags feature within Twitch is so, so, so important because they said that it's using AI learning to bring people to your stream depending on what they viewed depending on what they've watched ai learning is just a basically a fancy way of saying this is pretty much becoming youtube's recommended section which may or may not be good but at least it's with live streams and not with just like clickbait content right so it might actually work a little bit better but if you put yourself multiple times in the family friendly section twitch has seen that you've done that and you're actually are family friendly your stream will pop up more often for certain users than other users of course there's still the follow uh, box and subscription box or whatever you want to call it, which is able to just list everyone how it is. But for people browsing, I think that this was is kind of showing where Twitch is going to want to go. And they've been copying a lot of things from Steam this past year as well. So I totally wouldn't uh, be surprised. Uh, they did talk about Steam Play in this article and kind of just how many people are playing certain games and how many people are playing controllers and stuff like that. Uh, behind the scenes, they just talked about how much delivery of data was shown and stuff like that. And then kind of what they talked about, which is kind of what I liked to see. But uh, they're talking about what they are planning for the year slash years to come in uh, 2019. Because they don't want to say all this stuff is coming out in 2019. It fails and then everyone kind of mocks them. But just they said store discoverability. They're working on a new recommendation engine powered by machine learning, right? that can players based on their individual tastes. Uh, Steam China, they said that they are partnering with China uh, to bring Steam onshore into China. This is a huge deal. Um, I don't think people realize how big of a factor China will be in the next few years, even this year and last year, to gaming. And you even see gaming trends switching over to cater to the Chinese market as well. So this is a big deal for them, especially since they are pretty much the majority of the people playing PUBG are from you know the asia pacific region a uh, steam library update they said some long way to changes the steam client will ship including a rework steam library built on top of technology we shipped in steam chat uh, they said they're updating the event system they're working on expanding steam tv which is what we just talked about which is their version of twitch tv uh, steam chat is going to be able to go on mobile easier and you can share your gifts uh, they said steam trust the technology behind matchmaking is getting an upgrade and they said that they're going to do a cafe program, uh, the PC cafe program, so that players have a good experience using Steam in hundreds of thousands of PC cafes in the world. So pretty cool information that's happening in 2019. See what ends up happening. And uh, yeah, uh, overall, I'm pretty excited to see where Steam is going in the next year. And it's good to see them making improvements. It's, it's good to see competition coming in to try to take them down and stuff like that and try to get a piece of a pie so that everyone can say uh, very competitive. Uh, I'd also recommend if you guys haven't checked out the, the Steam TV, it's pretty cool, pretty interactive, and uh, yeah, might be something that a lot of you guys uh, enjoy. Um, next up, though, 
we have a talk about profanity in uh, the YouTube space or whatever. So if you guys didn't know, uh, YouTube has created a new type of uh, terms of service where you can't say certain profanities. The reason this being is because of the adpocalypse that affected everyone about uh, last year. There is issues with saying certain words because of the monetization policy. If they say that you're swearing too much or saying bad things too much, then they could flag you. And then it also has to do with, unfortunately, the history of your channel. And uh, they will be able to demonetize, not demonetize you, but you will not get as many ads, right? Because um, essentially, if you guys didn't know, they've allowed it so that ad, uh, they've allowed it so that advertisement agencies have more direct control over what is allowed or where their ads are allowed to show up this was a response to a couple of youtubers uh kind of calling out people and all that type of stuff so unfortunately um that is what it is apparently you can still say uh darn heck fiddlesticks uh and damn which is uh pretty cool but then obvious hate speech and slurs or whatever are uh, not allowed we'll end up having to see what happens with this i think this is just really interesting this is kind of one of those articles where i'll keep you guys posted i'll keep you guys updated. i'll follow this article because they say this and i doubt that this is actually what's going to happen to be honest but uh we'll have to see but uh yeah just this is kind of just like a psa i'll keep track of this we'll see what happens and uh see if it's actually going to be a uh a thing or whatever uh next up we have um, some talks, and if you guys didn't know uh, know this or whatever, Bungie is uh, Bungie split with Activision. Uh, this was announced, uh, I want to say, late last week um, or so. If you guys didn't hear, what ended up happening was Bungie ended up um, buying out their contract from Activision and leaving, uh, at least when it comes to Destiny 2 and the development of uh, Destiny 2 or whatever. But... Um, they Bungie said that they didn't like the direction they were going, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They did say, though, that the roadmap that they have for Destiny 2, which is, I believe, a few more expansions that are coming out this year through some type of season pass thing, um, will go on as planned. Now, this is all good and well. This article that I'm uh, talking about, which definitely you guys should check out in the show notes below, uh, is just talking about uh, why this could actually be a bad thing for. Uh, uh, for Bungie and for Destiny 2 as a whole. And I definitely agree with a lot of the points that are brought up here. Uh, a lot of it just has to do with some obvious things, but but maybe some people haven't thought about that initially after the first um after the first excitement of oh let's get let's get away from Activision, right? Because there's a big like uh hate, I guess you could say, for Activision or whatever, uh anti-Activision type of thing. Uh but it's all uh, potential content drought. Uh you know they said but the uh the people who helped build, the people that helped uh, finance uh, Destiny 2, uh, Activision are no longer around. So we are looking at possible uh, just drought happening with content uh, right now. Uh, they also said that uh, one of the thing, the major thing is that a lot of the microtransactions and stuff like that <coughs> that are within Destiny 2 will probably not transfer over to Destiny 3. The thing is, is that even though they bought out their contract of uh, Destiny 2, uh, it's kind of weird because what you're seeing is that the, the Destiny 2 will still be on the launcher, which is kind of bizarre, um, of Battle.net, which is technically owned by Activision. And if you guys didn't know, the only reason why 
uh, Blizzard is or Blizzard still in their name is because uh, they made an agreement that it would they would keep the name, but it's really Activision, fortunately. So yeah, <laughs> you're uh, it, it'll be interesting to see, but um. Because they left Activision, what you're probably going to see is Destiny 2 having support on the launcher, but you're not going to see Destiny 3 probably on their launcher, and it's probably going to be on Bungie's own launcher, which is going to cause issues with compatibility and transferring stuff over. Basically, <clears throat> your cosmetics are probably not going to transfer over. Unfortunately, the same thing was uh, shown and said about Destiny 1, which caused a lot of issues with that a lot of your Destiny 1 uh, microtransactions did not transfer over to <clears throat> Des uh, Destiny 2, and that caused a lot of grief and a lot of annoyance and stuff like that for a ton of uh, the player base. So uh, they're saying also to hold off on microtransactions for now to see what the roadmap for Destiny 2 is actually like. I haven't played Destiny 2 in a while, so it's, uh, yeah, I can't really comment on it. Uh, I've heard that it's gotten a lot better, but at the same time, um, we don't know what's going on. Uh, I don't really know what's going on. I stopped playing after all because it got kind of boring, in my opinion. And uh, I've heard that it's improved a lot. But yeah, um, this is definitely once again an article that I expand on once we get more information about what's happening with Destiny Two. Uh, next up, this is just kind of the last two are just kind of like quick PSAs to round out and end off the podcast for today. But uh, just to let you know, Rocket League gets full cross-platform play, which is really, really cool. If you guys have never played Rocket League, it's a $20 game, which I have on Steam and, you know, might now actually get on uh, the Nintendo Switch. It's the only console I have. Uh, but, yeah, it uh, is going full cross-play, just like how Fortnite is able to do full cross-play as well. So it is able to support uh, on Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, PC, and Xbox One. Definitely Rocket League is one of those games that's super, super fun. And then I realized how bad I sucked and it became a little less fun. But uh, overall, uh, I'm really excited for this news. It looks really, really cool. And uh, yeah, I would totally go and get this game if you haven't already. I highly recommend it. 10 out of 10. And now you don't have to split the, split the player base. And uh, that's kind of one of the reasons why I personally was not playing uh, this on any other uh, system. Uh, and it kind of sucked for friends uh, who, you know, were on console. But now I can play this with a bunch of friends. Super cool. Go check out the game. Uh, lastly, or whatever, just a quick PSA. Netflix is going to cost more. That's all I have to say. I'm pissed. I just kind of chose this article because it's something that I was just talking to uh my dad about like earlier uh in the <laughs> earlier today but yeah netflix is going to start costing more they're increasing the 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 base level uh price from one dollar or up one dollar so instead of it being 7.99 it's gonna be 8.99 and then the uh, multi-device hd one is gonna be 11 to 13 and then the one that no one would pay for is 16 which is pretty much just like five or six devices with like hd or 4k or something like that so yeah as more streaming competition comes out and streaming con content uh you know players get into the market we're seeing hulu uh taking a big chunk out of them we're also seeing disney making their own uh streaming platform as well for their content netflix is gonna get more expensive i'm just gonna get upset and uh yeah nothing much more to say i'm just really upset <laughs> but uh yeah uh that will do it guys for this episode of morning coffee thank you guys for coming out to the 2019 episode or at least listening to the 2019 episode i really do uh appreciate that as well um 
before we go though as always you guys like i said at the top of the hour if you guys weren't here for the live stream or don't like to watch videos on YouTube, you can always check out the audio versions at Spotify and iTunes. Uh, that is in the episode description below. Uh, you can also come and check us out live uh, recording this podcast, many other podcasts, or just chilling and playing some video games over on my Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash Kubo if you ever want to interact with the chat, etc. You can also follow me on Twitter or Instagram at twitter.com slash instagram.com ryan kubo r-y-a-n-k-u-b-o all one word all lowercase and if you also want to check out the vods for this show you can also check it out at youtube.com slash shigeos s-h-i-g-e-o-s twitch tv uh thank you guys for an amazing start to 2019 thank you guys for an amazing end to 2018 Reminder, like I said at the top of the episode, new episodes Tuesdays and Thursdays with special planned episodes on Friday and Saturday, possibly. And uh, yeah, let's make 2019 something really, really to look forward to. Take it easy, guys. Peace.